Hello, and welcome to Registered the Podcast, where we highlight some of the incredible minds entering the healthcare profession in the midst of a global pandemic. Whether you work in healthcare or not, we come here to find stories of some incredible young people tackling tremendous challenges head on. Here, we laugh, we cry, we're scared, we're honest. My name is Kelsey, and I'm a NICU nurse, looking forward to introducing you to some of the truly incredible individuals I've met in the healthcare world. I am so excited to talk to you. You have done so many awesome things with your career and seen a lot more stuff than I have so far. So I am super excited to pick your brain. Um, Let's get to it. Uh, First, just like quick few sentences, introduce yourself to everyone who's listening. Who are you? Where are you? What do you do? Well, my name's Ren. I'm a nurse, a labor and delivery nurse in Southwest Colorado. And um, I've been a nurse for almost a year now. So since May. (laughs) Awesome. Tell me about your upbringing and what led you to go into nursing. I grew up in Southeast Missouri Um, I was big into gymnastics as a kid. Uh, I was a traveling athlete. So all the way through high school, that was kind of my life. Um, Then I went to summer camp in Colorado and just like fell in love with Colorado and never looked back. So I ended up going out to school there and nursing was kind of like a second career choice for me. So I started out with like health and exercise science and, you know, I've had a lot of amazing nurses in my life and I've always like been into that kind of fitness thing and helping people. Um, But actually when I met my husband's mom, um, she's also a nurse. She was kind of like, or she still is the supportive like person of the family. So like medical questions and like, she's always helping people with like whatever's going on with their lives and answering questions and checking in with them and helping them do research on what's going on and what's the best route to take. And I was like, that's so amazing. I I want to be that resource person. And I like want to help people do that. So she was definitely a big inspiration for me, truly like diving in and going to nursing school. Um, Yeah, so. That's cool. So how old were you, if you don't mind answering? And like, what were you doing at this time before you transitioned and decided you wanted to be a nurse? Oh, man, I did all sorts of different things. So I did personal training for, I don't know, five to 10 years among other things like group fitness. And um, I actually applied to PA school, like took some random classes after um, getting my undergrad degree in health health and exercise science. I worked as a dental assistant. Um, I worked as a PT tech. I coached mountain biking. I did a lot of like really fun, awesome stuff and like some growing up too. I don't think I would have been ready to just like dive right into nursing um, out of high school. But so I was 28 when I started nursing school. Okay. Now, I'm going to dive into that a little bit because as someone who almost dove into nursing right out of high school, I did a four-year BSN and then became a nurse. Um, There's definitely, you know, it's a big maturity jump and there's definitely a difference between my life as a teenager and my life now as a nurse. Um, And I have also interviewed people who went straight from high school to do like a two-year program. Um, So what do you think, like trying to figure out how to best ask this question, what 
what was the growth and difference in you maturity wise between that period and when you became a nurse? And what advice would you have for someone who's very young going into the profession? Man, that's a great question. Um, I would say I was just like, personally, I was in a different place. You know, I wanted to explore and try new things. And it's really difficult to do that when you're working 12-hour shifts. Like, as you know, you're just exhausted on your days off. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Yeah. So I would say it, it has really helped me, like, find what's really important to me and be able to put those things into perspective um, just in my life. And so I can just like make time for those things. Um, and it also like, I think it really helped me in nursing school because like during my undergrad, I mean, I learned a lot of great things. I met a lot of great people, but I didn't necessarily take it as seriously as I should have. Cause I wasn't like, oh, you know, I'm not planning on going further than this. Like this is just kind of, I'm going to get my bachelor's and then figure it out. Whereas, you know, nursing has that specific goal of like, you know, you have lots of different options, but, you know, I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to help provide for people, whether that's information sharing or, you know, true bedside care. Um, So I would say, I mean, it just depends on where you are in your life. I mean, I have some great friends that went right into it after high school and now she like manages in the ER in Utah. And I'm just like, you're amazing. I want to be just like you, <laughs> like when I grow up. But <laughs> um, yeah, so I think it's, it's great to have all different perspectives, like in your nursing support team, because you have those younger nurses that have that energy and spunk and, you know, like bring all the new stuff to the table and then you have, you know, people like me, they're like, okay, like our energy is fading a little bit, but we're here and we have got great intentions and we're going to do this. So. Yeah. And I think um, there's a little bit more level-headedness I've noticed with um, older nurses, even nurses that have the same level of experience that I have, but are older than me. I think just because when you have more life experience, less things are new and shocking to you. So you're able to approach situations with more of a, oh, I've been there. I've seen that type of attitude. Um, Even if it's not something you've necessarily directly seen, you might have seen things similar or heard something similar to it, which is not as much the case for someone who's like bright and fresh and 22. But at the same time, I think for me, at least my being 24 and a nurse, I have a And I've had to work for this, but I have a pretty big growth mindset whenever I go into work. Like, I know I'm going to see things that I haven't seen before. So I'm kind of like, okay, like, what am I going to learn from this in every situation? Um, But yeah, I think that was such an awesome answer. I'm curious about your nursing school experience and how you ended up in L&D. So um, I live in like a pretty rural area. So there's a small nursing school near me. Um, There were about 24 people in our class. Um, And it was really, it's the only school that I applied to because it was just like, well, this is what I'm going to do next. And this is the school that's right here. And this is what makes sense. So I applied and um, I got in and there was about like I said, 24 of us. It was a two-year program. I was at a community college. And 
it was great. I mean, it was hard. It was really hard. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it was, it was not as, it was not as much, like not as time consuming as I expected because we had classes maybe like half a day. We were in class maybe three days a week and then we'd have clinicals two to three days a week. So I had time to do other things too, you know, while I was learning nursing. So I was able to still keep that balance. Um, but yeah, um, while I was doing that, I also did, so it was an ADN program. So I got my associates through the community college. And then I did a BSN program online at the same time. So I'd take like one to two classes online um, per semester and finish my BSN one semester after I graduated with my associates. So. Okay. That's, that's fast. Awesome. Yeah. It was really fast. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me um, what led you into L and D and how you found that job. Oh, it's so amazing. So when I was taking my, um, maternal child nursing and kind of learning about labor and delivery I was like whoa this is like I don't know about this like moms and babies and that sounds like really intimidating um, but I had a friend that was going through her first pregnancy at the time so I would kind of like ask her like okay where are you, you know where are you like how many doctor's appointments have you gone to what's going on in your pregnancy and so she was really a great resource for me to be kind of be like okay what's like what is the life of a pregnant person like um, and she actually asked me to be her doula. So I was there for her, you know, son's birth. I went to our labor and delivery unit and, you know, the staff there was so amazing. Like the doctor was super supportive of me being there and just like everyone, like just seeing them, how they supported how she wanted to deliver and all her wishes and who she wanted in the room and who she didn't. And, um, it was just like really cool to be a part of. And I felt really welcomed in that space. Whereas I know like a lot of times doulas are like, uh, it's like kind of this, you know, you're encroaching in the hospital space versus um, like a home birth type of thing. And I was like, man, after that experience, I was like, it'd be really cool to work here. And um, so afterward, you know, I kept in touch with a few of the nurses and, you know, it's a pretty small town that I live in. And I was like, you know what, I might as well apply, you know, like all they can say is no, right? So I applied when I had about a month left of nursing school, um, had a Zoom interview. <laughs> and you know how awkward Zoom interviews are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh, it froze at one point and they had asked, I had asked them a question about like, you know, what what's your continuing education look like you know do you support like us taking classes and you know continuing our education and it froze and they didn't answer and I so I was just like oh god I shouldn't have asked that like is that not a great question there then they came back and they're like oh yeah here's what we do oh so <laughs> that's so funny it, it was super awkward I was just like oh my gosh I'm so nervous right now <laughs> like first big job interview um and so they agreed to bring me on as a student nurse and train me in L&D. Um, and it was kind of crazy because like in between graduating, I think I graduated on May 9th. I took my NCLEX on the 15th and I started orienting at the hospital in L&D on the 20th. 
so like it all happened like super fast and so yeah I got really lucky (laughs) wow did you have your results yet before you started no they were that's why they were going to hire me as a student nurse because I didn't have my results actually yes I did because they came in two days after it took oh um, wait yeah yeah days yeah they come in fast I forgot that okay cool Um, I'm also so curious. That's so cool that you found your job literally as a doula for your friend. Did you have to do training to be a doula? What did, tell me and anyone who's listening that doesn't 100% know here, what is the role of a doula in a birth? Well, I think it just kind of depends on, um, you know, whoever's requesting that doula. For me, it was being there and supporting my friend with, you know, what was important to her. So, you know, trying different positions, making sure she was comfortable um, and just being there to be like her voice when like at a time when you're in so much pain or like, it's just this crazy transition period. You're like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Can you help me figure out what's happening? Um, So whether that was like singing to her, maybe there might've been some salt and pepper, push it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, just being there to support someone through that transition, which now I get to do as a nurse and kind of the, you know, like keep, get to keep personal training through birth. Very cool. And what was the like training like for you to become a doula while you were a nursing student? So I honestly, I didn't go through any training. It was just one of those things that I, you know, read up on like different techniques of how to, you know, keep, keep people comfortable, like that pelvic pressure that you can put on, you know, on people's hips and, um, like she was into essential oils and, um, those sorts of things. So I never got any real specific training. I was just kind of there as her support person with, you know, her husband as well, but, um, there to just, yeah, be with her. Wow. That is so cool. How old is that baby now? That baby is just over a year old. So like a year and a half. Yeah. Wow. That must be so special. Like you were there for that child's birth and you played like a role in it. It's really special. Every time I see them, it just, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's really cool to see. And oh my gosh, like people say kids grow up really fast, but like, it's true. Oh my God, mm-hmm. like he's running around now and he's got all sorts of words. I'm like, I saw you when you just, you just were so brand new. Wow. But wow, that's, that's so cool. Now, now you got me thinking I want a doula for myself one day, one day, yeah. one day, not soon. <laughs> one of I'm days. not pregnant, but one day. <laughs> down um, the road, it's something to consider. Yeah, <laughs> way down the road. Um, so tell me, oh yeah, I guess I'll ask this. I'm not an NCLEX podcast. Like, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about it. There's a lot of NCLEX resources out there, honestly, maybe even a little bit too much at this point, but, um, people do want to know, and it's helpful for nursing students listening. How did you study for the NCLEX? So, I mean, my answer is probably going to be pretty disappointing. I just, I used my nursing school resources. So, we had the online program ATI. So we would do like all our practice tests and everything required there. And then we did a virtual review with them where it was basically like a few days of all day long, just reviewing system by system 
um, all sorts of different things. So that was really the biggest thing that I did. I just, you know, studied along with school. And like I said, right after I graduated, I just jumped on it and went ahead and took my NCLEX. Um, but the day I, I definitely like, and would love to share how I like prepared day of, because I had a four hour drive to get down to where my test was going to be. So I drove down to Albuquerque about four hours away and I was by myself. So I recorded my voice, like, um, I like went over normal lab values and just anything that was like super, like I just needed to memorize and make sure that I knew. And I would listen to that like every hour, you know, one or two times and just, you know, say the lab values with my, my voice in my head and then listen to music and all that stuff. And when I got down to Albuquerque, I actually went for a hike. So I went straight to the trail, went up, hiked, you know, got some energy out breathed a little bit and then went and got some Chick-fil-A because you know Chick-fil-A is where it's at <laughs> <laughs> and then went down and sat down and took my test and I was so glad that like I can't imagine you you're all nervous and like you have all this energy balled up and it, the test taking is hard anyways and it was like a super stressful environment like that you do they do like the fingerprint thing and like you have to take off had to take off my silicone wedding ring like they wouldn't let me wear that in there and I was like oh my gosh like okay like just try to make this as not stressful as possible so I would highly suggest taking some time for yourself if you have like the ability to and just like do what you need to do to get in a good headspace before you walk into the testing room wow you are probably the only person I will ever meet who literally went on a hike before they took their end class. <laughs> that's awesome. Get in the right headspace. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. Oh gosh, I want to go see New Mexico. That sounds so fun. It's um, pretty neat. Uh, okay, so I'm going to move forward now to your life on the unit and what it's like to be an L&D nurse and specifically to be Ren the L&D nurse. So... Um, tell me like what your day-to-day life at work looks like. All right. So our shifts, we get there at 6 a.m. We do 12-hour shifts. So it's really like 6 to 6.30, you know, with a 30-minute lunch in there. Um, so we show up and every day is so different. Wait, like, hold on. I'm going to pause you. Yeah. When do you wake up? Like, tell me what you, how do you get in your headspace for work? Like, literally lead me through your whole day. Okay. So it depends on the day. So um, most days I'll wake up probably about like 5.15. I I don't do a whole lot before I get to work other than like make some oatmeal. So I'll get up, I'll take a quick shower and, you know, boil some water to make coffee and oatmeal and some eggs and like throw that all together get my I have a huge lunch pail that I take in which is like all sorts of food um so I'll get that all ready and then I drive to work which is like five ten minute drive I live super close um so I'll get there and it's a pretty small hospital so where I enter like I go in through ICU and med surge. So I kind of get to see like how everybody is before I get back to our little locked unit. Um, 
So I can kind of be like, okay, am I going to need to like step out and help out with that then today? Or, you know, how, how's everything working out here? Um, so then night shift is there. They give us report. Usually we start about six and between 6.15, 6.30, depending on how busy it is. Um, and then we have just like our small little unit that we live in. Um, we're super close to MedSurge, so we can always like call on them for help and vice versa, which is nice. Um, we have three LDRP suites. So the labor, delivery, recovery, and postpartum. So everything happens in one room. And they seriously look like hotel suites. I'm like, I just, this is beautiful. Like I could live here. <laughs> um, we've got nice like tubs and everything for women to labor in and all that. So that's been really cool to have those types of resources. Um, we have one triage room. And then we have a couple rooms that like overflow into med surge. So sometimes they'll use them. And sometimes if we're pretty full, we'll overflow into those. Um, but we can still keep it locked if we have babies in there. But we do a little bit of everything from inductions to scheduled C-sections to, um, you know, NSTs. If like non-stress tests, you know, if a mom has some sort of issue going on or the doctor's like, you know, she hasn't felt baby move. Like, can we just get her on the monitor and make sure everything looks good? Um, so we'll have, you know, triage patients that come over with like bleeding or, you know, they think they might be in labor and we have to figure out, well, are you in labor? Are you not? Is it time? Um, so every, yeah, every day is different for sure, but it's a great spot. Cool. Um, so what time, I know you've said like every day is a little bit different, but like, do you have any sort of kind of like timeline of like how a day goes for you? I know L and D really, it's kind of all over the boat, but there's, are there certain things you do every day, a certain time you like to take your break? Like, how does that all look? Um, yeah, we're kind of a hot mess with schedules. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, every day is so different. Um, But usually I'll try to like at least get like a snack or, you know, if we're having a a day where we, sometimes we don't have like any patients, we're a pretty small hospital. So it's feast or famine. So we either usually have like five patients there or no patients. Um, So it's kind of nice. We can go on call and just have, you know, one person, one nurse there and we can, you know, be at least 20 minutes away if need be but there's like a hiking trail we can go and hike around um, and take a break on or I'll go down to the cafeteria and get some food. Um, But it, so if we have like, say we have a scheduled C-section that'll usually come in, we'll be in the OR at seven 30. So they'll usually get there at six, you know, we do all their prep work get their IV in, make sure they've done their wipes um, and they've got like, you know, all the surgical things they've got, you know, all their jewelry taken out, all their makeup off, things like that. And then head down to the OR. So it's kind of cool. We actually get to go into the OR with mom and we help, you know, receive baby into the warmer with the doctor there. And then we'll take baby back to the nursery while they're, you know, finishing up mom's surgery and, you know, let baby start to, you know, settle back in our unit. And then, it's like 30 minutes to an hour after that, um, mom will be in PACU. And then depending on how well she's doing, she'll come back to us. 
and then we just kind of resume couplet care post um, post op couple couplet care. Okay, uh, cool. So um, yeah, walk me through a little bit what like a vaginal birth day would look like if you're a nurse for that type of patient. So say, I mean, let's see, the last vaginal birth I had, I walked in and she was like already pushing. <laughs> so that was, it was pretty cool. It's a, it's a hard time to give report when you've, you know, you've done all this work with this patient and you've established this great rapport. And then you're trying to like, oh, okay, well, I'm giving you to the next shift. Like it's time to go, but we'll see you tonight, um, you know, for night shift. Um, so you know, we'll be in the room with them. We'll be pushing for, you know, however long it is. Once baby's born, we do um, pretty frequent vitals. So we'll do like four sets of 15 minute vitals, two sets of 30s, and then four sets of hourly. So we're in the room pretty constantly. Um, depending on how mom's feeling and whether she had an epidural or not, we may try to get her up um, in the first hour to the bathroom. And that's always interesting because, you know, with, with our unit, we expect a lot of pain. We, we love it when they get nauseous, right? Nausea means like you're getting close, you know, your contractions are getting strong enough that um, they're actually starting to make you nauseous. And that means we're getting close. So it's a good thing, which like took me a long time to be okay with. I'm like, oh, <laughs> no, I don't want her to be in pain and be nauseous. Like this isn't good, but it's, it's a good thing. Um, but then, you know, we, we deal with a lot of like, you know, looking out for postpartum hemorrhage. So we're doing frequent bundle massages, which, um, I don't know if you got to do any fundal massages in school. Um, but they just, they're so unpleasant for the poor patient. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it's really important to make sure their uterus is getting back down to size and we don't want anybody to go through any excessive bleeding. So, um, yeah, we spend a lot of time in there with them postpartum, especially right at first. And then, you know, establish early breastfeeding. Um, we'd never have to take baby out of the room to the nursery unless mom is like, I just need some sleep or I can't stand to, you know, hear baby get poked for the PKU or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but we have warmers in the room so we can do everything in there if, you know, they're okay with that. So that's been really neat to experience that rooming in type scenario. Um, so do you, you basically do mother baby too then, or do, is there a different mother baby unit? No, we do everything. <laughs> okay. Do you guys have a NICU? We do not. And that's one of the things, yeah, I really wish we did um, because we can only take um, over 35 weeks. So okay. anybody that's under 35 weeks, we, we send out. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a NICU nurse. So that was like my first question. It's just like, but what about the sick babies? Where do they go? Right. Um, but that makes sense. Yeah. What does your life look like outside of work? Outside of work? Um, I'm really big into like outdoor adventures. So mountain biking is kind of my primary thing. Um, I also coach like a strength and conditioning classes at like, we used to be a CrossFit gym, but not anymore. 
So I still kind of have my foot in that fitness industry a little bit. Um, so I get to coach every once in a while, not as much as I used to anymore. Um, and really just staying as active as possible. So we have a little hiking trail pretty close to my house. So it's nice to be able to get the dogs out and take them for a walk. And I just love being outside and being active. That's, that's my, my secret to mental health. <laughs> Very cool. Do you feel at all like your experience in the fitness industry, like comes and helps you out um, in your nursing work? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things that's fitness industry is very goal oriented, right? And that's kind of what we do in nursing, too. It's all about like nursing care plan, you know, taking back to the nursing care plan, like, what are your goals for this patient today? Like, what are we going to accomplish today? Versus like, what are you going to accomplish in your fitness life? Um, so that's been a great crossover to be like, okay, what are we working towards? Um, and to be able to like, kind of have those steps throughout the day to get my patients there. Definitely. And especially with, you know, like coaching moms to push and stuff like that, I'd imagine it's kind of the same like mental space that someone who's doing a really intense workout may be in. Exactly. It's high intensity interval training at its best. (laughs) And then on the other end, I feel like you probably, I might be like totally projecting, but you might approach fitness work with like a more holistic mindset in terms of like what's actually good for someone's health versus what's like pushing someone too hard to get them to like some goal or like whatever am I right in that at all you are so right okay yeah yeah and that's like that's the biggest thing I mean you know that's one of the reasons actually that we've gone away from CrossFit as a gym because CrossFit has that I don't know like not all CrossFit gyms are the same but like they are just about like pushing themselves so hard that you're laying on the floor at the end and you can't move. And, you know, you don't need to do that to your body every day. Like every once in a while, sure. It's great to push yourself to that limit, but like you need to look for what is going to benefit me today. Like today I just need some stress relief or, you know what, today I really want to push myself and see how much weight I can get on this bar. I've been doing this movement and I feel great with it and let's go. So being able to like recognize that, in our clients um, is definitely, definitely important for sure. And it's the same in nursing. Like every mom has a different like way they need to labor. Some need that person there saying, yeah, don't let up. And some are just these stoic, strong women that just, you know, you're there kind of just more like you've got this, you know, your voice stays a little lower. And they're like, just quiet and breathing through and they're in their headspace, you know, they're in a good spot. And that I think has been the hardest thing to be able to like, back off and say, they don't necessarily need me to be here, like, push, push. They just need me to be here and say, like, you can do this. You can do this. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, I like, I I really think that having someone who has that type of like (coughs) group or one-on-one instructing experience would really come in handy in the labor environment. Um, And I also love the more holistic approach to fitness that you guys use. I feel like 
for me, when I started nursing, I have never been doing so much yoga and walking outside as I have been since I became a nurse. And like so much of it is just like my your body just feels like a new type of exhaustion working these crazy shifts. Um, And it becomes like I, I regret when I was younger being like so almost tricked by like certain things and like the fitness and health and like just like looks industry that like oh you have to be the fastest you have to be the skinniest you have to be what like I don't know now it's just like I need to move my body so I can feel okay um and it's it's nice to see like people in the fitness industry kind of looking at that approach as well because I think there should be a space in fitness for people who that's what they need you know Exactly. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And like, it doesn't always have to be I mean, strength conditioning is great. But like, like you said, sometimes you just need to walk and do yoga and just move and get yourself back to like normal human level instead of like stress ball of emotion level. Okay, so I've struggled a lot with managing my night shift schedule. And self-care but not even like self-maintenance like finding the energy and the time to just do the things to keep me going for the next day when I am just like sleep deprived and unaware of my schedule I actually just had a appointment with a sleep specialist who literally told me right now you don't have a circadian rhythm so that's kind of where I am um and luckily I'm switching to days but I think day or I actually I was talking about this with a sleep specialist day shift you're still kind of when you're waking up at you know 5 5 30 in the morning that's still off from what most people's bodies naturally want to do um so you talked about what like work likes looks like at work and what you like to do for fun outside of work but tell me a little bit about like your self-care and like self-maintenance routine and like when do you sleep like what what do you do to like refill your cup and like what when and what little things do you take care of in order to be like your best functioning self that is a great question I love it um my biggest thing that I am good about being consistent with is sleep because I I need eight, at least eight hours a night or else I can't function. So pretty much every night about nine o'clock, I am in bed, which sounds crazy, but like, I, that's my one consistent thing that I am able to do. Um, my other thing is like, like I said, I have a huge lunch box. So when I am making good decisions in life, <laughs> I will pack like a salad and, you know, my chicken and And if I have enough food to get me through the day and I can consistently like whatever it is, like munch on it, I find that I can make time for that food that I already have prepared and I don't feel like pulled away from, from work. So as long as I have that, you know, meals prepped out and I have it there, I do really well and I feel really good. And Sometimes I'll even like go to the gym after a shift. If I get off on time, there's a 645 class. So if I get off at 630, you know, which doesn't always happen, sometimes I'll make it. Um, But those are like my, my two biggest things, like when things are going well for me, um, 
just eating well, being consistent with my sleep and quality of food um, and making sure I get out and move, whether that's just walking the dogs or um, actually getting to the gym or now that it's getting nicer outside, being able to ride my mountain bike um, is huge for me. But, um, you know, when there are times like we all go through cycles, right? And um, there are times where, you know, you're just so exhausted and you don't feel like doing anything. So you don't do anything and then you just feel worse. So I try to recognize when that's happening and at least like reach out to someone, whether it's my husband or I'm talking to my mom and just, you know, be able to talk through how I'm feeling and what's going on and you know, what I need to change and how I can get back to, you know, a better, healthier date, like cycle, you know? So that's my biggest thing, you know, reaching out to people to support, you know, when I'm not doing so well on my own. I think that's so important to bring up. And I'm really glad you did that. Like people have cycles because this was something that hit me and really confused me when I first started kind of feeling bad when I was on nights and just not really adjusting to my schedule because at first I was really well adjusted to it I feel like in the NICU like for our really sick like micro preemies we call it the honeymoon phase the first like few days after birth they're like doing surprisingly well um and then like things kind of start to hit the fan like within you know by like the end of the first like week or so um And that's kind of like what was happening to me when I first transitioned to nights. Like I was literally able to sleep whenever I wanted to. I was waking up full of energy. Like I was like, oh yeah, I can do it. I was flipping back and forth from being awake in the day to awake at night, like no problem. Um, And that was my honeymoon period. And then all of a sudden, like everything I was scheduling for myself, all of my routines that I had suddenly just weren't working for me. And I had zero energy and couldn't do anything. And I think even someone like you who has a great routine, who's in bed at like nine, who, you know, went a lot of the time will like make her own food, like who is fit and has a fitness routine and everything. Even when you have everything in place, sometimes you still have cycles and that's just how life works and that's how it's going to be. So I just think I wish someone had told me that earlier because I was just, I felt like a failure and like, you're not. And that cycles are what they are. They're cycles and they will improve. So thank you for bringing that up. Um, I am going to return to your job a little bit. Um, What is like your favorite or what do you like the best? It doesn't have to be one thing, but like a few things about your job. And is there anything you wish could be different? Um, I love supporting moms through this transition, especially first time moms where they'll like look at you and it's like this, this look of fear, like, can I do this? I like, it's like, I want to go back. I want to go back. I would take it away. Like, well, you know, we can't really do that. (laughs) So here, here's how we're going to get through this together. So you just work through that transition of like, you know, talking through what does this monitor mean? Why do we have all these straps on you? Like, when can we take them off and when should we put them back on and why? Um, so I love like walking new families through that, um, especially, you know, most of the time they're so receptive to like, oh yeah, tell me everything that's going on. Like, I want to know what's going on. Um, so I love that. And I also love my supportive team. Like 
the nurses that I work with, the doctors that I work with, they have never once made me feel like, oh, you should know this. Like, you shouldn't be asking that question right now. It's always been like, yep, here's the answer. Like, we can talk through it later when things calm down, but like, here's how we're going to work through this. So I've always felt like super supported, um, which just makes me feel so much better because I I definitely struggle with confidence a little bit. Um, and then as far as anything that I wish could be different, um, I wish we had a NICU. So you should come to Southwest Colorado <laughs> and teach us all about the preemies because, I mean, we that's the the one thing that makes me so nervous is when a baby starts, you know, not doing well, whether, you know, we have to put them on oxygen or, you know, have to start a drip, like just probably the most simple things for you. I'm just like, Oh oh no, Oh no. What do we do now? Um, So I would, you know, love to learn more from some NICU nurses. And um, that's one thing I, I really look forward to, you know, reaching out for, continuing education about because that's definitely out of my wheelhouse at this point do you ever end up having to like send babies elsewhere after birth sometimes we do um I have not had one specifically since I've been here but I've heard stories and that's the one thing like all the nurses have all of these stories that they tell me so whether I haven't seen it but like I've at least like experienced it you know through you know, what they went through. Um, so yeah, it, we've definitely had to send some, send some babies out. Tell me, you've kind of talked a little bit about your learning experience, but tell me more about, um, like your orientation process on your unit and, um, what do you think were some of the biggest challenges you faced? What went well for you? What surprised you? Well, L&D is a huge specialty, right? So it was a steep learning curve from the start. Um, Like I'm trying to learn basic nursing at the same time as like learning about moms and babies and postpartum and labor and sick babies. So it's like, there's a lot. Um, As one of our ICU nurses put it, she's like, you guys are like med surge, ICU and um, OR all in one. I'm like, that's, I, I really appreciate you saying that because (laughs) I I feel like a hot mess sometimes because I'm just confused about everything. Um, so I, I was really appreciative, like during my orientation, they started me off with one preceptor and I would have that preceptor for like about two months and then I would switch to the next one. So I had that consistency of someone who knew where I was at, um, And, you know, we could kind of get to know each other and, you know, I was on their consistent schedule Um, and they started me off with postpartum care. So, you know, stable couplet, here's how we take care of them. Here's what this looks like. Um, Stable C-section afterwards. Here's how, you know, what the process looks like. Um, And then we went into like labor and then the new, you know, taking care of a newborn right after labor. And um, so they definitely, as much as they could, tried to like, keep it, you know, structured in that way. Not always the easiest thing to do because you have to work with what you have on the unit. And in such a small unit, we maybe have like a a busy month or a good month for us is about 15 births a month, which is is not much in the labor and delivery world. Um, So that was, that went really well. Um, 
And like I said before, I mean, sometimes we're super busy and we're overflowing into med surge and sometimes we're closed and don't have any patients coming in for days at a time. Um, so I learned a lot from stories and, you know, jumping over to med surge and, and helping support them, you know, just like putting IVs in, in ER, um, like I, I definitely got that little experience of floating early on because, you know, when we're, we don't have anything else going on and ER is full, we might as well go down and help. Right. Wow. So what was that like? I'd imagine that's like, or I imagine just because NICU is where I work and that's very specialty, very specific. I don't know how to treat a large human um, type of field. Um, and I have a couple of coworkers who also work in the ER, but I can't even imagine what that's like. Like, what was that first day of floating to the ER like for you? Oh, it was, it was terrifying. I'm pretty (laughs) sure my heart rate was like in the one twenties for the first like two hours. I was like, I feel like I'm a patient right now. Like I can't calm down. And it really wasn't even, I'm sure it wasn't even that busy of a day. Um, but it was, you know, it was, it was kind of nice because I was there to help with tasks. So I, I was able to take a little bit more time with patients versus like an ER nurse, like you have to get stuff done and get to your next person, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was able to, you know, take time, practice my IV starts um, and like see sick people. Like that's the one like nice thing. Most people that come to L&D they're happy. They're healthy. This is a normal part of life. Sure. It's scary and it comes with its own risks and issues, but they're not like most of the time they're not coming in like, because they're, you know, they have a huge laceration on their arm or they can't stop throwing up. Well, sometimes we do have that, but you know, it's, it was definitely like a totally different side of nursing that I was like, this is way out of my comfort zone, but this is good for me. So I just tried to embrace it. Wow. That's a really great mindset. Yeah. That, I mean, that's my biggest thing with like, you know, wanting to float or anything like that. I just, anything that is scary and I'm like, Ooh, I don't, I don't want to do that. I'm usually like, okay, I should do that. I need to, you know, get out of my comfort zone and try. And where's that gap between like how I'm feeling and how I can get comfortable with this task or working with this population or, you know, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of scary things, um, tell me a little bit about COVID and how the pandemic has impacted you and has impacted your experience as a nurse. You know, it's really interesting because COVID just created all this uncertainty at the end of nursing school. So it was May of 2020 when I was, you know, planning to graduate. And then we're told like, oh, you're not going to get an, an uh, um, you're not going to get a graduation ceremony. You're not going to have a pinning ceremony. You may not even be able to get a job. Um, you know, we didn't get our, you know, at the very end, you're looking forward to your preceptorship is like the big aha moment of nursing school. You get to work with a preceptor and do normal nursing things that was canceled for us. So it was, it was scary. Like it was really scary. And I feel super fortunate that I got a job at that time and was able to start like right away. So for me, like 
just being in the hospital, I mean, it was all, COVID was in full swing. So it kind of was just a part of my orientation. Like it didn't feel different, I guess, because it just was how things were. Like it was just how it was when I started. Um, so it was my norm, I guess. Um, the, the scary thing, I mean, like PPE was always changing. Like, do you wear your N95 in this situation? Do you not? Do you just wait until mom's pushing to wear your N95? Or like, you know, how, that would change quite a bit for sure. So that kept us on our toes. Um, but it was also kind of cool because, you know, it was an adjustment for everybody. And everybody was like a little, not necessarily uncertain, but they just had to be ready to change and, and adapt to whatever was coming next. And I felt like that kind of put us on a little bit of an even playing field because I was like in super adapt mode, like I'm learning everything is new. Like what's one more thing about COVID? Like, okay, another new thing. Cool. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that helped um, just with like a little bit of confidence here and there. I'm like, no, this is what, like, I read the email, I went through, you know, the, the teaching on this, this is what we're supposed to do. And, and, you know, I was able to, you know, feel a part of the team instead of just like this helpless little duckling that is learning. (laughs) All right, cool. Yeah, I feel like as, as I'm listening to you, it kind of struck me how I've been like interviewing people since October now. And we're getting calmer in our answers when I ask people about COVID and I don't think it's like I think we have a sense of hope obviously it's still a very serious disease and people are still dying and it's still a real concern Um, but I think we're adapting as a profession to it and now we're not so shocked by the constantly changing policies anymore. We're prepared to adjust. Um, and we're prepared that it might be a thing that we have to deal with. Um, so I think like hearing you and your answer and how you answered so calmly and how it kind of made you feel a little bit more like a member of the team. Um, yeah, it just struck me with a little sense of hope and pride, I guess, in nursing and how we've grown and pushed through this and I think maybe come out a little bit stronger. Um, I also want to ask you a little bit about your experience trying out being charged. Tell me what that's like. Oh my goodness. It's also terrifying as (laughs) all new things in in nursing is for me at least. Um, So, I mean, it's still pretty new for me. Um, but when I, when I take charge nurse, I'm basically, I don't even like consider myself in charge, but I, I help support ICU and med surge and LMD. So our whole inpatient, um, like service. So, um, usually like what it looks like for me, I'll, I'll get report in the morning on all the patients that are on the floor and what's going on with them and what special needs, you know, everybody has and who's planning to go home when, and what does that look like? Um, so, you know, you get a good idea of what everybody's doing and then you have to like, look at, okay, how many patients do we have? How many nurses do we have? Like how, how does our, 
staffing meet our like census and um, for like our patient ratios and all, all that stuff. And that's definitely my least favorite part is figuring out the puzzle of staffing. But with the help of my inpatient coordinator and, you know, a lot of the nurses on ICU are super comfortable with taking patients and taking charge at the same time. I'm like, if I don't have patients, I'm happy to take it. But at this point, like if I have a patient, I can't do both and be successful at both. So I'll, you know, as much as I can try to pass it off and, and still be supportive, you know, however that needs to happen. But um, it's, it's all about knowing your resources and knowing your team and being able to communicate with them and say like, hey, there's a potential that we're going to get an admit. You know, it looks like, you know, this person is going to be the best to take this admit. What do you guys think? How do you feel? Where are you at in your day? Um, and being able to just like over communicate. For me, I feel like it's over communicating because they're usually like, yeah, that's fine, whatever. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Just want to make sure. Um, so just being supportive and learning to be a part of the full inpatient team instead of just like our little LMD unit and being, you know, separate units. Um, just trying to bring everybody together and make sure everybody's being supported. So you're a fairly new nurse to be taking on charge. Yes. How does that work? So um, we have a pretty small hospital. I think we're maybe like 25 beds. That might be like over what we're at really. Um, so anytime that I take over charge, I'm usually leaning on my other nurses for sure. Like I'm always asking advice. But the orientation piece, like I shadowed some of my other LMD nurses that have been here for quite a while. Um, I was able to shadow them for a few days and go through like, you know, an orientation checklist where my inpatient coordinator like took me through like, okay, here's, you know, you need to check crash carts. You need to do staffing at this point. Um, this is when, um, you know, our, our doctors meet to talk about all of our patients and um, how to support nurses and if they want to go to that meeting or if they, you know, are too busy to make sure you get the information and you can relay it to them. Um, so it was definitely really scary. And I, I was open to it because it's something that I want to do. Like I told you, like anything that is scary or uncomfortable, like I try to go towards, which is, um, sounds a little counterproductive, but um, I find that's the best play to, place to grow. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was scary, but, um, it's one of those things I was just kind of like, wait for it, wait for it. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. And they're like, okay, you're ready. Like, just, just do it. Just try it. Um, so it's been a, it's been a good experience, but it's definitely some days are more challenging than others. That is such an awesome mindset. I love that. Um, Go back in your mind to the first few shifts that you were a new grad just off of orientation. Um, what was that experience like for you? Oh my gosh, it was terrifying. <laughs> um, I had, 
you know, it was, it was really great. I had six months of orientation before they put me off on my own, which when I'm on my own, we, we have two nurses that are always there. Um, and for me, if I say like, I'm not comfortable being there by myself, like say we didn't have any patients, then the other nurse would stay with me. So that's kind of where I still am at this point. Um, but day one, it was, I was a nervous wreck, like just simple, like postpartum care or, um, you know, I had, I feel like I had pretty simple patients, but they would like ask me a question. I'd be like, I, I don't know. Let me go, let me go ask for you. Um, so I, you know, always leaning on my other nurses for help for sure. But I definitely like was so nervous and it was, it was definitely a learning experience to be like, okay, like Ren, you got this, like you can be a nurse. Um, I remember the first few times I answered the phone, there would be someone calling like, oh, you know, I've got this going on and I'm not sure if I'm in labor, but I've been experiencing some cramping and, you know, I'd run through a few questions, but then I get to the point where I'm like, I don't know what other questions to ask. And I don't know what to tell this person. I'm like, um, let me get a nurse for you. <laughs> and my coworker's like, Ren, you are a nurse. I'm like, I know, but she needs a different nurse. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there were definitely moments where I just felt like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I picked the right profession. Like, this is just definitely not confidence inspiring because I just felt so uncertain about some, like some things, but, um, as the months have gone on, that's gotten a lot better. There are still days where I'm like, you know, find myself fumbling a little bit and I'm like, you know, you just have to stop and take a breath and say, Hey, what's most important right now? Let's prioritize, take it one step at a time. Um, So I would say like starting out, that would be my biggest advice is just take a breath, pick something, start there. Yeah. I mean, I think that feeling is so common and I think one of the hardest things to wrap for me to wrap my head around when going from nursing school to orientation and then being off of orientation on my own is when you're in school and nursing school, you have an exam, you study for your exam, and then you go into the exam and you already, if, you know, if the professor's fair and if the test is fair, you already know the material you're being tested on. But the thing about learning on the job is you look, there's no way, even if you had a year of orientation, there's no way you're going to see everything that you need to see. And of course, you're not going to know the answer because if you knew the answer, you would have known it from because it was something that you saw before, but you haven't seen anything. So you're not going to know. And the only way to know is to go through not knowing so you can learn and then you can grow. So it's this awkward, you know, feeling of like, wait, but I I feel like I should have studied for this. But you can't because you never know what it is that you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And it's very uncomfortable and uncertain, but like you said, that's that, I mean, that's where you grow and that's how you learn from, and those are the things that stick with you forever that you're like, oh my gosh, there was this one day and I just didn't know. And, and now I'll never forget it. 
Yeah. And look at you now, like floating and then being charged and you, you contribute so much and you're so valuable to your unit, despite those early moments of not feeling confident because you didn't know. And you probably are stronger now because you had those experiences of seeing those things that you didn't know and learning from them. So tell me a little bit about how you've managed your relationships outside of nursing. Who's a part of your support system? How do they help you cope? That has definitely been a huge challenge. Um, Like you mentioned about the honeymoon period, I like that so resonates with me because like the first few months you're like, oh yeah, I got this. I can do everything. Like, but even on day shift, you still have that like exhaustion, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So I would say just like realizing that and recognizing that um, and being able to reach out um, has been huge for me. Um, so one of my biggest support systems, obviously my husband, um, but he also works 12. So he works for the city as a police officer and sometimes we're on opposite schedules. So he works six to six. So if we're on days together, that's kind of great. Cause then, you know, we have like the exact same schedule, but if he's on nights, like right now, and I'm on days, it's like, you kind of wave as you drive by, like, see you in a few days. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, him being on a similar schedule, I think has been really helpful for both of us, just because I think if it was just one of us on, you know, working 12s, we'd be like, you know, it, it's harder to empathize, because you don't, you really don't understand until you've been there and felt that, like, man, I just don't want to do anything at the end of the day. Um, So he has been a huge encouragement of like, let's go out and walk the dogs. Let's, you know, take a few moments for ourselves. Let's sneak away this weekend. And, you know, even though Moab is, what is it, like two hours away for us, like we're going to do a day trip and we're going to go ride our bikes and, you know, come back the same day. Um, So we'll try to take those moments with each other, like when we get the opportunity and, you know, it, it seems like extra energy that we're using, but like really helps refill our cup and, you know, re-energize and we're like, okay, we can keep doing this. Like we got it. Um, so that's been really important for me just to help make sure that we're, you know, keeping our relationship strong. Um, we've been married for about three years, but you know, it's always a work in progress, right? It's never, it never gets easy. Um, so balancing energy is also huge. Um, and like the gym community is a big part of that for me. Like, so even just going in and coaching, like without even working out, just, you know, being around other people that I know and I care about and, you know, I want to see them succeed and being able to like hear little tidbits about their lives and, and see how their energy changes from when they walk in the door to when they walk out, I think is like really beneficial for me too I'm like oh man I love this place like where sometimes I'll feel find myself like oh I don't want to go I just want to stay home and be on the couch but like as soon as you go and you see those people and you have that experience you feel so much better so just focusing on you know how you feel after you've done those things you know whatever it is um like a phone call or you know going to the gym or spending some extra time like it's it's really important and helps you get through whatever you're going through 
Oh gosh, you sound like such an awesome coach. I want you to coach me. <laughs> <laughs> well, come on down. <laughs> um, so we kind of touched on this, but do you ever struggle with like mentally taking work home with you? Definitely. Um, some weeks, I mean, like, you know how it is. Like sometimes you'll just have really sick patients and you just can't seem to get them off your mind or, you know, on the opposite end, you have this really great experience and you're like, Oh, I'm just so excited. And I just can't stop thinking about it. And, um, so it, it's definitely hard to like end it at work for sure. Um, I have kind of a funny story. Um, there was one week where I took care of some of the sickest patients I have ever taken care of. And this was probably like, I don't know, a month or two ago. Like I had a preeclamptic patient, which I had never seen before, let alone taken care of. So that was a really big, big deal to me. Um, and I had a sick baby and like all in the same day. And, you know, I got home from work. I drew a bath. I poured a glass of wine and I set myself a timer and I was like, okay, you can sit in the bathtub and you can cry about your day for 20 minutes and that's all you get. <laughs> um, and, and then I had to move on with my night, but um, yeah, it's, it's really hard to let go of those things sometimes. Cause you know, you see people at their worst, you know, and it's not, not easy to just turn off. Yeah. Um, so what does help you mentally turn off? I would say exercise what like in all different forms. So walking, biking, moving, like yard work, being outside, um, calling my family. So my parents still live back in Missouri where I grew up. So, you know, calling my parents, checking in and just like refocusing on what's important to me versus like this one thing that happened at work, you know, like, um, just taking a step back and looking at the big picture of life. Yeah. Looking back, uh, what has improved the most for you and what do you still struggle with or what do you want to improve on? My time management has gotten a lot better over the months or I guess over this almost year. Um, you remember those questions in school where it's like, okay, you have these four patients, who will you see first and why? Those were like, I, I just couldn't stand it. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it was really hard to prioritize and, um, you know, make a plan for your day when you're like, I, I don't know what's the most important to do right now. Who's the most unstable, you know, I had to stop and really think about it. Um, so I think, you know, finding a home unit and getting started and, you know, learning about like all the different, different types of patients that you have, it makes it a lot easier to like see their patterns emerge and, you know, be able to be like, okay, this is who I'm prioritizing. And, you know, if something changes, I can adapt. But um, that's been a big thing that I feel like has gone well um, over the last few months that I feel a lot better. I'm not like struggling for where do I even start? Um, and then the second part, I still struggle with confidence. Um, OR is definitely one of those places where I walk in and just like my blood pressure goes up a little bit just because it's, it's not something I don't spend a lot of time there. Right. Um, but 
I do know, like, we've got great nurses down there, so they're always great about answering my questions or being like, mm, let's wait a second to do that, Ren. I'm like, okay, that sounds good. This is your <laughs> environment. I'm, I'm happy to, like, step back and, and take a second. Um, so, yeah, definitely confidence in walking into different situations, but that's always something that I'm, I'm trying to work on, and I'm sure I will always be working on. Yeah, I think when I struggle with my confidence in new situations I see as a nurse, I still, I'm still confident, but I'm confident that I can ask someone else for help. That's my confidence. I'm confident that if I have a question, I am going to get a second opinion and ask about it. Um, And that kind of that knowledge and telling myself I'm confident that I can get help about this or I'm confident that I am supported in this environment kind of helps me calm the nerves of like, oh, I'm not confident because I've never seen this before. I'm not confident because I don't know what to do about that. Like, no, I'm confident that I can find out what to do about that. Exactly. Yeah, so, that's great. Yeah. Um. So overall, you are very successful, especially for just the not even a year that you have been working, you have done and seen so many things and had a lot of really great experiences. Um, what advice would you give to a new nurse that's like about to start her nursing career or his nursing career? You can do this is the biggest thing. You can do this. Like, <laughs> Love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, starting out scary, like everything's new and uncomfortable and like intimidating but just, you know, find ways to like your comfort zone is going to be really small at first, right? But you're going to learn to expand that and you're going to keep pushing forward and getting out of your comfort zone every day. So like do one thing every day that feels like you're like, ooh, I'm not ready for that. Do it. And, and find a way to do it confidently, whether that's with help or, you know, you go look at the policy or whatever it is like find a way to gain some confidence in that one little thing. Um, because even in like such small hospitals, there's a ton to learn. Like, you know, go to a different unit, meet someone new, make a new friend, ask a question. Um, questions are like the biggest thing. Like you said, if, you know, I'm not confident in this, I'm confident that I can find the answer for you. Like, I love that. Um, and then finally, doctors are people too. Not, like <laughs> this big scary thing like I still struggle like when I'm working on med surge like okay I have to call the doctor but like really they're they're just a person and they can be like super funny and inspiring and just really all around great inspiring people so um yeah get to know your doctors and you know find ways to establish rapport with them because that's going to make your you know working life a lot easier Love that. Great tidbits. Um, I'm going to move forward to my fun, rapid surprise question round. Okay. So uh, just first answer that comes to mind, no pressure. Um, coffee versus tea. And what do you order? Ooh, coffee. So if I'm being good, black coffee. If I'm being bad, mocha latte. How often are you bad? <laughs> that is a great question um probably like I don't know every few weeks I I don't go get coffee very often I usually just make my own 
And you just have it black when you make it by your, on your own. I do. Wow, that's impressive. You're that kind of person. I can't do a black coffee. <laughs> I have to put something in it. Yeah. I mean, um, I love putting stuff in it, but I just, it keeps you more even tempered. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'll get that little sugar high. What do you listen to on your way to and from work? Oh, um, gosh, that's a great question. I love like 90s, like 90s, 2000s hip hop, like Ja Rule, Ashanti. That would get me pumped up all day long. <laughs> love it. <laughs> Are you a meal prepper or order inner? I'm half and half. Like when I'm when I'm doing really well and I'm like I'm like I said I'm on a good cycle, I will meal prep and I can make some delicious things and that that I love. But you know it just takes that extra time. But I also love Thai takeout, so I'm right in the middle of that one. Oh, me too. Yeah, I like I used to be a major meal prepper, but like the thing like, yeah, I guess it saves money, but also it takes like energy and time. And sometimes I'm just like I don't have energy. And I want to use my time in a different way. And so then I just order. And it is what it is. Yeah. Um, and you enjoy it and you move on with your life. And it's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sometimes like, mm, but like, I can't make Thai takeout, you know, like right. I could try at home, but it's not going to be the same. Um, favorite brand of scrubs? Ooh, I have all sorts of different scrubs. So, ah. I guess, like, I wear mostly Cherokee, I think, is what I wore in school. And I still have my pants. I will not wear it. We had full maroon. So I will not wear the full maroon outfit. But I still wear my maroon pants with, you know, fun tops. So, yeah, Cherokee okay. with the elastic waistband. That's my jam. Um, so I, this question is who should chart at 7 a.m., but I'm going to change it. Who should chart at change of shift? Like for like, if you're doing, and I don't even know if this applies to you, but like, I'll have a patient that has hourly vitals and my shifts are from seven to seven. So who charts for that seven o'clock hour? Oh, whoever's like, whoever's leaving. So if it's day shift and it's like 6 PM, I'll, I'll chart it. Okay. Yeah. What sea animal are you? Oh, sea animal. I would say... Probably like a dolphin. Oh, I like that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, favorite smell? Oh, coffee. Definitely coffee. Mm, yeah, that's a comforting smell. Are you, oh, I didn't ask, but this is a very important coffee question. Are you a hot coffee person year round? Ooh. You know, so I, I spent a little bit of time in um, Costa Rica a few years ago. And they drink hot coffee, even when it's like really hot outside. I was like, I don't know if I could do that. Like, I, I would definitely like to switch to iced coffee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was like, oh, she makes it at home, though. So I don't know. Uh, it's really like, that's interesting. Like people, some people in Costa Rica have hot coffee year round, because then some people like way up north, like in Boston, where it's cold, a lot of the time have are like iced coffee people. Like, I think like the classic is like, Boston iced coffee from Duncan type of person. Um, really? Or at least that's what I've heard the stereotype is. I don't know. But interesting. I love learning about people's coffee habits. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, final question. Um, what is there anything like coming up that's next for you or anything that you're like really excited about that you're going to start? 
Oh man, this past year has just been such like a transition. Like, um, you know, we, Tyler and I both started new careers and bought a house and like are kind of just settling in. So I wouldn't say there's anything like you know, real close on tap. I mean, we always dream about like travel nursing and um, raising a family on the road. And, you know, you see all these YouTubers that, you know, have these amazing road lives with their kids. And I'm like, I could travel nurse. You could take care of the kids. Like, you know, maybe 10 years down the road would think about that. Um, Wait, that's so, so funny that like media really just kind of like reads what we're into and shows us what we're interested in because my first thought when you said that was like honestly I have never seen one of those YouTube traveling on the road families before (laughs) that sounds interesting but you know YouTube no well probably now I'm gonna see it because YouTube hears us talking about it but like YouTube knows that I don't have a family and I'm not interested in that so I was like wow I've never seen that in my life but that sounds really interesting (laughs) Isn't it funny? You'll start talking about something and then all of a sudden you start seeing ads. You're like, oh my gosh, they're listening. Oh my gosh. Well, I get so many things now about like breastfeeding, like diaper ads, like motherhood, stuff like that. Cause my phone hears me teaching parents Mm -hmm. and I'm like, yeah, nope, no kids here. (laughs) Like not going to buy that. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty great. Uh, But yeah, that's, I mean, that's all really cool. I, I feel like, you know, it can totally be that what's coming up next for you is just getting all situated and comfortable and excited about the life that you've just created for yourself, because that's really awesome. Um, Yeah, I think that's where where I'm at right now, for sure. (laughs) Great. And here's my final, final question. Where can anyone find you who wants to reach you, was inspired by you, has a question for you? Um, How can they contact you? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is mtb.girl. So like mountainbike.girl. Oh, that's what that means. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what's MTB? But cool. Okay. Um, And that's all I have for you, folks. That's it. Ren, I had such a great time talking to you. You are just the coolest. Well, thanks, Kelsey. It's been a pleasure. This is really, really fun. And you're super easy to talk to and I feel like I learned some good stuff from you. Oh, my gosh. Well, I learned a ton from you. So um, yeah. Um, Yeah, this was really fun. Thank you so much for giving me your time. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, So my like editing schedule for this is Honestly, whenever I am up for it and in the mood to, I'm in a long distance relationship. My boyfriend is going to come visit me after my next stretch of work. So I might not get to this for a few weeks just because like I'm going to be having fun with him and not <laughs> thinking about this podcast too much. As um, you should. <laughs> but um, I'll let you know when I've like finished editing it. Hopefully, occasionally the audio like doesn't sync up well, but usually that happens if I don't if I like let the recording run for too long and because I like pause it out, hopefully that should be good. Um, if you think of anything like a few days or whenever between now and like when I make it go live that you're like, Oh shoot, I wish I said X, Y, Z. Or like, I feel like I answered that question weird or like, I didn't really want to say that. Like, just let me know and we can figure out a time to like re-record. Okay. That's um, great. 
most people don't like care if I send it to them before I release it. But um, if you want me to, I'm more than happy to send you the edited version to listen to before it goes out. Oh, I'm good with whatever. Okay, awesome. Whatever works Um, for you. All right, cool. Well, I will let you go now. Um, Thank you so much again. You are really awesome. You have such a great mindset. I totally, you like totally inspired me for like going into my next stretch now. Awesome. Yeah, you, oh my gosh, like talking to all these new grads, um, are you mostly interviewing like people that you know? Are you now kind of branching out to like just anybody that messages you or? Yeah, I've been kind of like, picking them I'm trying to be a little strategic about it my first at first it was a friend from nursing school that I interviewed who also he like has like a pretty big social media following for his like nursing Instagram account and like that's kind of how like I came up with this idea at all was just through like I saw what he was doing I was like that's cool but like I think I want to get into this space in a different way um and then um I interviewed, I did Lacey Megan's like empowered nurse mentorship program in this past fall. And then I met nurses from like literally one was from California, another in New Jersey, like people all over the place, but like a few people who had like some really interesting and inspiring stories about like struggles they went through and like lessons they learned that I was like, this would be cool to talk about. Um, And then from there, then I kind of opened up the form and a few people like filled out my form and were like, Oh, like I want to be interviewed. Um, so now I'm kind of like making my way through that because I feel like, you know, if you want to talk, then you probably have a story to share. So, um, that's for now I'm working through, I had like a few people like fill out the form that were interested. So I'm working through those for now. And then I'll see after that, what, comes up I'm really trying to get now like a few like more experienced nurses to like share their perspective like looking back because I think that's really cool too um but yeah that's how I find people it's really like just like all over the place awesome well I love listening to it and like hearing everybody's stories and you know you learn little tidbits here and there and um yeah so super excited with what you're doing Thank you so much. Yeah, it's really fun to do. I love hearing that people listen because sometimes like I, you know, it's not like huge or anything. So sometimes I'm like, does anyone really even listen to this? But it's really fun for me. And I feel like I learn a lot. So even if no one listened, I think I would do it regardless. But it's really cool to hear that like people are enjoying it. Right. And well, I mean, everything that you gain from it, like just by listening to it, you, you know, there are some things you're like, okay, like, I'm not so into that. But that's interesting. And Something you're like, oh, yes, this is what I needed today. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. And congratulations on our surprise that we're not talking about. Uh, keep you. me updated. <laughs> I will. I will. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to talk again. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. You've been so great. So it would definitely be awesome to have you back on. Lovely. Well, it was wonderful to meet slash talk with you. If you're ever in Southwest Colorado, just give me a call. Oh my gosh, totally. I'd love to. I have like a couple of people I've met through doing this that are based in Colorado now. So eventually one day, I guess I'm going to have to make myself out there so I can go meet everyone in person. That would be so fun. Yeah, definitely. We'll have a whole like uh, registered meet and greet. (laughs) That's the dream. (laughs) Alrighty. Well, you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. You too, Kelsey. Take care.
Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really hope that you liked it. I want to reach as many new nurses as I can, so it would mean so much to me if you could follow and interact with us on social media at Registered the Podcast on Instagram and share this show with any new nurses you know who may be interested in being a part of this community. If any of this resonated with you, please subscribe on whatever you're listening with, either Apple Music or Spotify. I really want to deliver content that is helpful and meaningful for you, so please leave a review um, so I know what you liked and what else I can do to make this resonate even more with you. Finally, if you're interested in sharing your story, there is a link in our Instagram bio at Registered the Podcast for you to fill out with your information so I can contact you. Thanks so much. Can't wait to hear from you.